everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of How We Get By. Uh, In this show, I talk with everyday people about just that, what they do to get by, um, centered around mental health and the journey that we're all on to understand ourselves and others better. Um, On this show, I really like to get down to the nitty and the gritty of what makes people who they are and how they get by. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, Just a disclaimer, on this show, we do talk about a lot of adult themes. Um, There's cursing, there's uh, things about sexual assault and trauma and um, all kinds of things that I think are important to talk about, but I should tell you up front. Um, In this week's episode, I sat down with my friend Jason. Um, I've known Jason for a decent amount of time now. I think we can we can say about five years, so that's cool. And he was he was one of the first to offer to sit down with me uh, and talk about the podcast. And so it's cool that I did get to interview him. One of the things I really like about Jason um, is that he's extremely honest and he talks about it and I don't really want to give away too much of it because I like to see his personality come through. Um, But it was really cool to talk to somebody who was as honest and um, able to speak about what they've been through as me. I'm going to be honest and say I feel a little bit vulnerable. Uh, We spoke about a time when I needed to go to the hospital because I was really struggling and to put that story out into the universe is difficult for me to say the least. Uh, So I kind of struggled with this episode and I thought should I edit that part out because it makes me feel uncomfortable or who's going to listen and judge me for it? And I think that to cut it out uh, would be to go against what I'm trying to do with this show is um, to get rid of the stigma of mental health. And I can't think that includes all of my guests but doesn't include me, so... Um, I just wanted to say that it's hard to talk about this stuff. The stigma is there, and in order to get over the stigma, we have to hold space for people when they're sharing their story, and we have to be brave enough to share our own. Um, So I was really grateful to speak with Jason. He has an interesting sense of humor. Uh, His therapist did call him an asshole, I guess, at some point. I'm not saying, I'm not using that word. I would never use that word. I don't believe Jason's an asshole at all. Uh, But I think you can see through his sense of humor that he is his own character. And I like him. I'm glad that he was so comfortable sharing his viewpoints with me. And I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, so I'm here with Jason. Um, I have known Jason for a few years since we sold wheelchairs together. We did. Um, And I am fortunate. He um, was actually one of the first people to volunteer to give this interview, and yet here I am a year later. And so we finally get here, and I'm really excited. Um, So do you want to tell us about yourself? 
Uh, my name is Jason. I am a photographer. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an avid dog lover. I'm a, in my mid-40s and play with action figures quite a lot. <laughs> and I am uh, diagnosed with high-functioning bipolar 1 disorder. Okay. Okay, so... Um Bipolar one, so there, so remind me of that. So there's one that's like you get mania and you get hypermania, right? That is bipolar one, hypermania. That's fun. Okay. I mean, there is depression involved too, but it's less. It's more it's less, the. Uh, it's more the the high okay. and the low. And then, um, so before we get into all of that, like, so action figures, like, what's your deal with that? Like, what do you love about action figures? Well, I've always loved nerdy things. I grew up yeah. reading comic books, which my poor mother bought me when I was like six years old because I was a good reader when I was young and uh and I've never stopped and I yeah. just I love Star Wars and superheroes and I may go off on several tangents <laughs> about the new Batman trailer that was released last night how do you feel about it oh my god it looks amazing oh really yeah, I it, didn't see it but oh. I know that it's Rob Pattinson yes but it's also extremely dark and it's probably going to be R-rated and okay. it's going to be the first like legitimate Batman movie. Batman. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've enjoyed many a Batman uh, movie, but this is going to be favorite. like the true sociopath. The fact that you're saying Batman. that about an, uh, what's his? I just said it. Uh, Rob Pattinson. Rob Pattinson. I thought I can't he was, believe that. I thought he was brilliant and inspired casting. Yeah. And my buddy Ron, who is also a super geek, he's. A, I'm more of a, a Marvel guy. He's a diehard Batman fan. Yeah. Um. He he uh, he and I like when people freaked out when they announced him and was like, how could they? The glitter vampire. This is a travesty. He and I were both like, no, he's gonna be freaking perfect. Yeah. And when you see the trailer, you're like, oh my god, he is perfect. Really? I have not. I gotta watch yeah. it. Now. Oh, you need to watch it. When... Yeah. Well, it's good. it's legitimately disturbing. It's yeah. got like a super slow Nirvana song over the top of it and. Batman being ultra-violent, it's freaking great. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, I'm excited. And it's Rob Pattinson yeah. being ultra-violent yeah. Batman. Well, and they just came the out better. with the Joker, which I also didn't see. So was that the same? Like, is that the same? Well, the Joker's kind of set in an alternate universe, and uh, that's a good movie to bring up during a mental health yeah. uh, I know I haven't seen it yet, and it's about PTSD, and I have PTSD. Yes, like, the, I the, need to the see The Joker it. movie is, is more about a man with PTSD breaking down, okay. you know, realizing that his reality isn't going to change, so he changes it himself. Okay, okay, and interesting. It's not, the character he plays as the Joker in name has very little to do with the comic books, okay. except for he dresses like a clown. Yeah. But aside from saying that, like, it's a phenomenal movie, and... Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I mean, there's references to Batman in it, but, but it's it has, not like your. It's more a character typical. study of of him going sane. I guess okay. would be the best way to put Interesting. it. Interesting. Well, I definitely have to check both of them out now. Um, if you watch Joker tonight, you'll love it. Yeah. He's not as good as Heath Ledger was. Yeah, I know. But Heath Ledger was definitely like the comic book version I of the know. Joker, where Joaquin Phoenix is. You know, a crazy person going sane, and and all the bad things that would come of that. I really should watch it. I mean, it's relevant to my life and yeah. everybody's life, kind of. Well, don't don't follow his lead. <laughs> okay. If you watch it, don't be inspired. Let's okay. just say that. Okay, that's fair. Nothing. It, 
it doesn't. I'm not <laughs> ruining anything by saying it doesn't end well. Yeah, that's you know, fair. as he becomes the Joker. Yeah, it's not a good ending. I mean, I it's mean, a great. I ending, heard it's like disturbing in some it's, ways. It's, it's disturbing in every way. Okay, but you will. In, it's important. Maybe you want to have a friend with you when you yeah, watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, because it's it's intense and it's very real. Yeah. It's very raw. Yeah. Like the the you will see things in yourself in this character and you won't like them. Okay. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely know what you mean. So. Yeah. So I mean, that's I did. Like, I certainly did. And yeah. You, and you won't. You won't. I think that's like so important, but it's, it's extremely tough important to like you know process. And then dumb parents took their kids to see an R-rated Joker movie because yeah. they thought it would. It, and then, and then it's the franchise's fault. And then so. it's, then it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's Joaquin Phoenix's fault. So can I ask you, when then when, you, when were you diagnosed with bipolar? I was originally diagnosed with bipolar disorder in the spring of 1995. Okay. When I All was right. 19 years old. Okay. And how did you kind of come, like, to that realization? Uh, I broke up with my first series, well... Let me rephrase that. My first serious girlfriend dumped me <laughs> and was, was cheating on me with a guy uh, I, I absolutely hated. Yeah. And I went batshit crazy. Yeah, I don't blame it you. Didn't go, it didn't go <laughs> over well at all. Yeah, yeah. I wound up institutionalized. Oh, really? For a short time. It happens. I've been institutionalized, too. And I was triggered <laughs> Just by... the first time. I know, but I was triggered by a picture on Facebook. Like, really? Of an ex with somebody else. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that's, And that sounds... But it sounds ridiculous, but you... It it's, just triggers it's, it's you not in ridiculous. a way. It sounds ridiculous to people who don't understand. Yeah. And as much as we do podcasts like this and talk about it, I hate to say it, but the inevitable outcome will always be that there are people who will never understand. And the worst part is there's lots of people who don't want to understand. Yeah. Like, the idea of the stigma of this going away, it might get better. Yeah. But it will never go away. Yeah. We'll, all, we'll always be nuts. <laughs> well, I am coming to terms with that because I am nuts in a lot of different ways. Um, I will say that you're right, and I will say that when I was in the hospital, I mean, there was a long line of things that led to that, but, you know, that was the trigger in the end that just kind of pushed me to some behaviors that led me to the hospital, but... Um, what bothered me was that um, to get out of the hospital, they have like a case group, like you're assigned a case group. But I was there, I went in on a Thursday, and they didn't even come until Monday. Had no idea who I was, like what I had been up to for the last four days, let alone before that. Looked at my file, asked me why I was there, and when I mentioned like that I saw a picture on Facebook and got triggered, they laughed at me. Oh. And what's that? <laughs> CMC. But was that like an intern or was that a doctor it or a nurse? It was the doctor. It was like three social workers and a psychiatrist. Um, and then I got so. The psychiatrist a, left? I don't well, think he left. I don't think he was. But I think it was. And, and at this, to be fair, like I wasn't necessarily in my right mind. So maybe they weren't laughing, but it felt that way. Like it was just like, wow, this is trivial. Um, and I remember having to like, I, I set up an appointment with the psychiatrist because they were like, gonna keep me there and I was like I need to go home so it's kind of I don't know I don't know how I feel about the system <laughs> I mean we all know there's issues but at the same time it gave me the break that I needed and it was a wake-up call for me to kind of like get myself back on track 
the system is difficult when you're in it, but looking at it from an outside perspective, like you don't know if this person is going to go out and hurt themselves True. or hurt somebody else. So, I mean, the whole 72 hour thing, yeah. like when you go to the hospital expecting help and then feel like a prisoner, it blows. Yeah. It's awful. It's an awful feeling, especially when they won't let you smoke. I know, right? But, uh, I didn't, I wasn't smoking I mean, at that it, time, but that's it, hard. It, uh, it definitely serves a purpose, especially yeah. like, I mean, I have some controversial opinions on suicide that I won't get into, but if somewhere to, someone were to leave and murder their ex-girlfriend and their new boyfriend or boyfriend yeah. and new girlfriend or whatever, it would be bad. <laughs> it would be bad. Those... It's true. It is true. It is true. And I get, again, like I was able to look at it as a, a wake up call and a way to like get back on track. And it did give me like days where I didn't have to worry about the everyday stuff. So, okay. So then once you were. Oh, wait, I have to make. Sure. Also, FYI. 99% of mentally ill people would not go out and hurt people. <laughs> I, I'm, I have a very dry sense of humor. So if you're not laughing, you just don't get my tricks. It's true. And I will say that Jason has probably triggered me more of the, over the years. <laughs> the jokes I didn't understand <laughs> than like... Why why it took well, so I long for I me? I apologize for that. I never intended to to trigger you or hurt your feelings in any way. I don't think you'd ever Most... hurt my feelings, but like I think I just didn't understand the sense of humor for a while, and I was just a little bit like, what? Uh... I was about thirty years old when I realized that my mother was kidding and that she's hysterical <laughs> and that I have the exact same really? sense of humor as she is. Are like you literally, I was like, you've been. You're a riot. And That's you've been funny. joking this whole time. And she's like, yep. So wow. I know where I get it That's from. really cool. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I thought she hated me. Yeah. No. That's funny. Just a wise ass like me. So once you were diagnosed then, did you feel like it gave you, like, how did things go from there? Like, You know, this was the 90s, and things were very different then. And it was... I was uh, actually going to ask you that. Oh, it was very, uh, th like, if you think that the stigma and the way people think about mental illness now is bad. Yeah. Like, people, legitimately, as a society, they didn't give it credit for existing. Mm -hmm. Like, you were just a bad person. You yeah. were just nuts. You were, you were an asshole. Yeah. And I will state that my therapist tells me a good part of my problem isn't bipolar disorder. It's that I'm an asshole. But I accept that. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a riot. She's the best. <laughs> I recommend her to everybody. And how do you feel about that? Like, how do you... Do you agree? Like, do you think that you're an asshole? I certainly come across as an, ass, as an asshole when people misunderstand my intentions. Yeah. And even when I know they're misunderstanding my intentions, I do not back down from the... From the like, the tale, the yeah. story, the joke. I actually would go more, go into, more it. into it and watch them squirm. So, yeah, I'm an asshole. I don't most know, definitely. I don't know if that's like an asshole, though. But do, so, do you have like a, did you have to come to a level of, like, of uh, self acceptance? I, I absolutely did. I mean, I accepted it. I knew, like, I knew my entire life that I was different. Yeah. It's just, you know, when you're young and you're immature, even at 19 immature, because 19-year-old boys are fucking idiots. Believe me, I was <laughs> I wouldn't one. know anything about that. We're, they were, they're the worst. <laughs> and I was, I was one of the worst of the worst. Um, but I was really funny and charming. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, 
What was the question? <laughs> the question is... Oh, um, coming to acceptance. Yeah. I mean, I was in, in self-denial of it, even though I was totally against medication. The first medications they put me on were lithium and Depakote, uh, which, yeah. which are fucking zombie pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't make anything better. They just make you numb to the world, no, so you yeah. don't have symptoms, but you also don't have reality. Yeah. So I stopped taking those like of, of my own accord because I would rather you know when it when it first manifested when it was first diagnosed not when it first manifested it was a lot of anger and depression like up until then it was always the mania but it was never a problem yeah. it was actually it's especially in my line of work it can be quite beneficial yeah well, yeah. When so, you're, when you, I mean, you get your creative types. You get your artists. I mean, there is a. When it first became negative, because another part of, of bipolar one is is anger, yeah. a, a, a manic anger, which is scary. It's not only scary to the people around you, but when you like, it's almost sometimes like you step out of yourself and you see what you're doing and you can't stop it, and it's scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um. But eventually, I got. You know, I saw a psychiatrist for a long time, and like I said, psychiatrists are useless fucking morons. They just pop pills down your throat and go away. But when I actually sought out, like, actual therapy on my own, it's another thing, people. Psychiatrists don't do therapy. Yeah, it's true, big, though. Like, I, I've had a friend that, I had a friend that won't go to therapy because they went to a psychiatrist thinking it was therapy and then the, ther- and then the psychiatrist prescribed them drugs and then they were mad and I'm like, that's not therapy. I, I, know, <laughs> I know several people who, yeah. who experience the same. I mean, I experienced that. But I mean, I, I, I experienced it too and I hate it, but that's not therapy, you know, so. When, when I sought out therapy on my own, now this is 20 years. Yeah. This has been, that I've been medicated for the most part. Uh... I sought out therapy on my own and started actually dealing with the issues instead of just burying them under drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I buried them under good drugs, too, which is fine <laughs> until it's not. Um, you know, and then I started taking, you know, more modern medicine, like I take Effexor now, and it really does, you know, it balances it balances you out without taking away your... your uh, presence in the world your personality they're taking away your personality yeah. yeah because there are a lot of super bad psych medications that, out well there. lithium is like i mean you read any book up until like because i was actually going to ask prescribe you lithium. do they absolutely because you read any book about mental health like from any person who's honest about it and they have bipolar from the like the 80s whatever i don't know when it started in the 50s maybe I don't even lithium? know when they started using I have no, lithium, I have no but idea. I know that it, it was, was one bad. Of the, it was one of the first, <laughs> and it was bad. It is bad. I can't believe they still prescribe it. Um, but I'm glad that, to hear that you have like a me- they have modern medicines. They have are, lots of modern. I mean, I don't take any of the. I was the TV on a mood stabilizer medicine. that they put me on, which I don't have bipolar, and it actually messed with me because I didn't like right. I didn't like that because it was the wrongly medicated to me. But I will say that like. I could tell it wasn't like that druggy feeling, like that walking through like... Well, this actually works. It actually balances the serotonin. And do you feel like you're losing any of your creativity? No, I feel like it's more finely focused. That's awesome. I feel like it's it's uh, better. And it certainly, I mean, it doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't prevent 
manic episodes. Yeah. I mean, I've been great for the last six months because I haven't been around people. Yeah. I mean, isolation, especially when you're when you're a self-involved artist, is is fucking great <laughs> for your mental health. It is. Um, <laughs> I think all the artists I know actually feel clear for the first time in their r- lives. Right. I, I, I've had this conversation several times. Uh, like whenever I'm around people, yeah. You know, it it can induce a manic episode and and a manic episode is like being high like it's a good feeling so you don't try to avoid it Mm -hmm. and you know the medicine I take can't prevent it from happening but it it certainly takes the edge off and it does seriously help with with anger and depression which are the two big problems with my mental illness okay so now um since you've had it well you've been diagnosed and you kind of have a grip you seem to have some kind of grip on it (laughs) so like is there a time where you can you know is there like a coping mechanism you have when you feel yourself getting manic or is there like something that goes off in your brain where i'm just like okay you mean like good ones or bad ones (laughs) because there's lots of coping mechanisms 25-year-old girls are a great coping oh, me- mechanism. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> Piles of alcohol are a great no, coping mechanism. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will honestly say, and kids, don't try this at home, and I don't recommend it, but the best coping mechanism, oh, the best medicine for bipolar disorder is absolutely heroin. Oh, my, okay, I need to take that out. That's not going in. You have to leave it. I'm saying don't do it. Oh it doesn't work and it will end super badly. And most people don't have the discipline I have to call their mother and say, hey, I'm a junkie. Take me to your house till I'm not and go completely cold turkey and stay awake for eight oh days and nearly goodness. die Jason, to stop doing why it. Why did I ask the question? But um, <laughs> good coping mechanisms. I mean, I got my, my good buddy Theo here. Um, yes, hi, Theo. Yes, you. we're still going for a walk. There's a dog here. I'm not talking just to <laughs> imaginary Very people. Very cute dog. Um, video games. Yeah. Action figures. Like, I photograph action figures and yeah. blow them up with and make, like, movie scenes. Uh-huh. It's it's. That's it's cool. Great. I didn't know that you did that. Oh, yeah. Do you I have, have like, whole, an Instagram photo? It has its own separate Instagram called Geek Art Photo. Oh, well, I'm going to have to find that. Yeah. Check okay, it out. Okay, cool. So, how did... Have you... Um, so we want to talk about like your photography a little bit like what do you focus on like I know you just said the action figures but what else like what do, uh, or what I don't you do you have some kind wide of variety I mean, you do I mean, you have a lot of different things I call myself a documentarian okay more than a photographer I like to document things I love I also call myself a portrait artist I love photographing people but not in like a uh in artificial fashion photography posed kind of way. Like when I'm out on the street doing photographs with people, those interactions are usually maybe one to two minutes of photography and 12 minutes of conversation yeah. getting to know the person. Um, but also, I mean, I love shooting concerts and uh, sports. Um, you know, I've, I've photographed the NFL, NCAA basketball, the Yankees, the Phillies. Do you see any link between, like, your photography and mental health in any way? I mean, your photos don't seem to, like, I know that's not the subject, really, but, like, is there a way that... I mean, it certainly, it puts me in a good mood. Maybe it's a giant coping mechanism for the whole thing. I don't know. When did you start photography? I started photography, I mean, young. I started, like, 
grabbing cameras at like family functions and parties, like little point and shoot cameras and taking pictures. I can't even remember young, like six, seven years old. Uh, I started doing it seriously. Um, When I went to college, I started as an English major because I wanted to be a writer, except I I hated anybody reading my stuff. So that was real bad. I (laughs) I dropped out and, and got a real job. Which was definitely not for me. Yeah, I suck at real I know. jobs. I suck at real jobs too. I, I if refu- you can figure out a way for me not to have one, please tell I me. I refuse to compromise in any way, which which it's leads tough. to me leaving a lot of real jobs, I which know. is why I'm self-employed. I feel you. Um, it's tough. Yeah, I lost track of what I was talking about again. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are gonna love this. Oh, oh, any link between uh, no, mental health yeah, and my and photography? No, you're photography. Yeah. Ah. No, my photography really revolves around a, a fascination with things, which is definitely has manic... I mean, being fascinated, borderline obsessed with some things is definitely a manic behavior. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't know if it's if it's a coping mechanism for it or if it's a symptom, but yeah. I really love it and I have no other skills. <laughs> Intentionally, no, not not marketable ones. Yeah, well, it's a good um, one. You're good at it, so. You know, it's 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 definitely the thing that that I enjoy the most. I remember you like when you took my picture for like beautiful people, your blog. Um, for any PA scene, right? You yes. Um, and then I like you're like everybody always hates the picture that I choose. They do, except and the I hated the picture the that I choose. People in it hate them. Everyone people else who likes see them it. Love them. I love every picture that I see that's not me. But <laughs> the, the people that are are the subjects of my photos, I, I, I think, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people have very sometimes visceral. visceral reactions to the photos I take of them because you know like I said it's 12 minutes of conversation and and two minutes of photos because I'm really trying to get the real them to come out Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't like that yeah they don't like to be that vulnerable yeah to to really and it's odd to say that about a photograph, but you can really see a lot in a person. I can feel that because I feel like I saw it and like I could, I can't, I see all of your other photos and there's not one bad one. Seriously, I'm well, being, I'm being I, genuine. I don't now. put the bad ones out there. They exist. They <laughs> I'm just sure. don't get published. I'm sure. But like all the ones, even on that blog, like I love every single one and I'm dead serious, but my own, I did not like, and I wasn't expecting not to like it. Like I was like, what? But like, well, I, I prefaced, get it though. I, I, I know you, you told me. And like, it was just such a funny thing because you were so right. But that's, I think what makes you a genuine photographer. Like that's like what I don't want to lie to people. I feel like yeah. that would, that would taint the whole process. Have you learned, the, what have you learned about people through that? Oh man, prepare to do some more editing. <laughs> um, people in general have, have an idea of themselves that they put forth into the world and they think that's who they are. It's an element of who they are, but really the person you are to, to the world, to society, is how you're perceived by people. Yeah. You know, 90% of the people that know of me 
think I'm this horrible, horrible asshole, which I'm fine with because then they don't talk to me and life is better. <laughs> but I'm really, I don't, I, I don't think You're not an I, asshole. I'm an asshole. I think if I'm in a one-on-one conversation with somebody, I'm great. If I'm in a, a group conversation where all types of, of, of personalities and egos and ideas are floating around, I don't pull punches. Yeah. And I don't think people should be offended by somebody not agreeing with them. But, man, people are really offended by people not agreeing with them. <laughs> I know. If, if you disrupt anybody's worldview and attempt them to get them to do some critical thinking and maybe change an idea or two. And I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't like being challenged. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, when I, when I can be removed from the situation and actually think about what was discussed about, I often change my mind with new information Yeah. as you should, but man, people hate that. I know. People. How do you feel about the fact that people hate that? Like, how does that make you feel? Like, is it hard for you to like be in these conversations and know that? Is yeah. It's how can I say this without sounding like an arrogant asshole? Well, I can't. It's super annoying. It's it, it, I, I look down upon people who are are so full of themselves that they feel like they can't be challenged. Yeah. I feel like they think they can't learn. They know everything. They can't learn, and it's it's horrible. I've I've always like wanted to learn new things, do new things. I mean, so that's part of photography is going out and discovering things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm very set in my ways, but, you know, if somebody, if I get into a conversation or see something that, that like, utterly shows me my way of thinking is wrong about something, I will examine that. Yeah. And maybe or maybe not change my way of thinking, mm-hmm. but I will at least put the thought into it. Yeah. And I don't think most people do that because as Americans in this society, we are very spoiled into thinking that we are the greatest. Yeah. Like the whole situation with the country right now. Mm-hmm. Anybody who challenges anything going on in this country and wants to make it better, it's not looked upon as trying to make things better. It's looked on as you hate America and how dare you. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. You know. I was just talking to someone today that it's like um it's like you either you either love America or you want to leave and you hate it. There's no, like, I don't know if the, how many people are just like, well, we don't like this, but we like this, and that's trying to find a way to, like... Well, that's democ- That's how democracy should work. Yeah. I, I love America. There's a lot of things I don't like about it that could be better. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I do like about it that may not necessarily be right that could be better. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not... I mean, society evolves like everything else, and, I mean, think about what America was like in... 1790. Yeah. We would hate those people and think they were all pure evil. Yeah. I know. Like, seriously. Yeah, I know. They were... I know. Slave owners. Yeah. And misogynists. Yeah. And, I mean, that wasn't just America, but it was it was prevalent here. It was the law here. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, misogyny is the law in a lot of places, but slavery was the law here. Yeah. And this country's not that old. I know. It's really not. I mean, and you don't realize that until you're like 
older, I feel like. Yeah. When you learn about it in school, you're like, that was so long ago. It wasn't. When you compare, and compare it to, to China, and, or I mean, yeah, yeah, China and Egypt yeah. are literally yeah. thousands of yeah. years old. I was going to say like France and England, which are Still. like, I mean, they're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, seven, eight hundred years Empire old. The Roman Empire too, right? Is yeah, that? but they didn't. Yeah, well, the Roman Empire created those countries, but yeah. they didn't come into their own as as they exist now until, you know, the Middle Ages. Okay. Really, like far after that. I mean, England didn't, and France. I mean, France had their revolution after ours. We inspired them to do it. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes in a past life, I think I was like burned in France. <laughs> 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 well, I have some French heritage, so I hope I didn't burn you. Apparently, I trigger you all the time. Maybe that's why. Could be. Maybe that's I funny. was. I was. I was. Uh, maybe I was Rochambeau. We'll say okay. And so you were. And you were Marie Antoinette. They did not get along been. at all. Could have been. Um, but okay, so say you. I know you said like the stigma. Like there's little hope that it will fully diminish. But what do you think that looks like? Like what do you wish that people could like? Take, like think about bipolar, like want, know People, about you, or something. I don't. Know. I would like. I would like at, at least for it to be recognized as a legitimate illness. Mm-hmm. Like take away the mental part. Obviously, it's a mental illness. It's it's almost kind of stupid. But like, I mean, I've literally had conversations with people that like say, well. You know, you don't have a real in- illness. It's not cancer. It's not a bad heart. And I'm like, well, technically, I also do have a bad heart. I had a heart attack a year ago. But I'm glad like, you're okay. I, I'm fine. Too much um, heroin? No, no, <laughs> it was kidding. stress. No, I quit heroin. I'm a glad long, to long, hear that. Long time ago. Yeah, it's okay. Good. Not so long ago, I wasn't doing it when we worked together. Ba, ba, ba. I know. But, uh, I knew that. But you're one of the few. I know. You told me. Um. But, uh, you know, people, people like legitimately don't take it seriously as physical illnesses. Like, like I've had people straight up tell me it's not a big deal. It's not a real illness. So like the fact that that's still a thing means that removing any sort of stigma Mm -hmm. is, I mean, I find it next to impossible. What do you want I people mean, to understand, like, about you? Like, and, and, like how this, this illness affects you? Like, in a human perspective, like... Um... You know, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm being... When I'm having negative symptoms, because with bipolar, there are, there are positive and negative symptoms, as, as strange as that sounds to say. Like... Man, when you tell people to leave you alone, yeah, they fucking hate that. They want to bother you even more. <laughs> I but, know, like, but sometimes like, it's for really the best. We really just want to be left alone. <laughs> it's probably for the best interest of everybody. Like, to ten be minutes left. to yeah. process. If you keep prodding us, things aren't going to get better. You're going to make us defensive, and people that are defensive bite. Yeah. Yes. Not literally, but metaphorically, certainly. Definitely. And then, you know. When you get defensive and you get upset, you find the the thing somebody is the most sensitive about, and you attack it, and yeah. then they hate you. Or they, they attack just, back. <laughs> and if they had just left you alone, I like know. you asked, everything would be fine. I know. But you know. I know. I feel that when way someone with some... a mental illness asks to be alone, 
Leave them the fuck alone. I agree. I mean, there are times with like my PTSD where I would have gone out to the bar and then I get there and I'm like, oh, this I can't do this today. And then like I've done that. I'm just and just and then, but like and I'll leave. have like friends be like, but you just got here. And then I'll be like, yeah, but I, I don't feel good, so I have to go home. But then they'll be like, no, please. And then like by the time they're done with all of that, I'm I'm triggered. I'm gone. Like because I can't even like process why I'm already feeling this way. And then I'm trying to explain it, and then it just goes up and up and up. So like I get that. And um, there are a lot of times where like I feel like if people just listened the first time, then like because then you look, you do you you bite and then you look like the jerk but it was like if you just listened to me and just kind of left me be then I wouldn't have bit and we wouldn't be here right now well I mean the, but the difficult part about it is also a lot of people's intentions are true, true when they do that I know but they should listen that is true I try very I don't always succeed but I always try very hard yeah to listen yeah you're right though and um you're right that people's intentions are like true and that's what makes it and harder then, and then you look like the even <laughs> bigger know, asshole i know because you know you can you can get into it with some very good friends and I cause know. and you know cause because i mean it's always the mentally ill person who winds up with the isolation mm-hmm. and with people whispering and mm-hmm. th- then when they finally do leave you alone it's with everybody with bad feelings. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Maybe I'm just rambling. I don't no, know. No, I think sense. I think you're making perfect sense, um, and I appreciate what you're saying. Um, but uh, what was my next question? You got any questions for me? I do. Okay. And it's come directly from this conversation. Oh, perfect. What is an example of me triggering you? <laughs> oh, jeez. If you can't actually remember, that's fine. I'm trying to think. It, like, I don't, I don't know. I think there were like times where, like, at when we were working for Pride, like that you would make jokes that would be like not your textbook appropriate joke. And then I had just... Appropriate jokes aren't funny. I know. And, like, I I get, like... But that's the thing is, like, I feel like I was, like, came right from Penn State, came right out of my little, I'm a professional, perfect little bubble, not knowing how, like, the workforce actually isn't, isn't works. Isn't that bubble a wonderful place to be? <laughs> it doesn't Very last nice long. until it... Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> ten minutes, and then it pops. But that, that ten minutes is great. I know. And so, like, I think I was just, like, what is this HR nightmare? Like, I hate to I say that. But here's the thing. When they yeah. hired me, <laughs> I told them that I would be an HR nightmare. <laughs> I said, keep me busy. Keep but me on the road. Thing, you weren't keep me really taking a pictures. Night, but that's the thing. Well, I mean. You weren't, though. And like, know, I just didn't were, want more. Yeah. But this, like, this has been one of the most serious conversations I've probably had in about two and a half years. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so. it, for sure. And your honesty, because it's not easy to talk yeah, about that's that an, That's another thing that, that really... That's another way I really upset people. Honesty? Not even, like, honesty in general. Like, being honest about myself yeah. makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. You know. I feel like, you. <laughs> I don't feel as though... I mean, for myself, personally, like, like hiding things and, like, that just comes back to haunt you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't particularly regret anything I've, I've ever done. I mean, maybe some fist fights I've been in, but like, you know, like I'm just like I I have no problem telling people that I have a mental illness. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't hide that I'm an addict. Like, because what's the point? If you hide that you're an addict, you will wind up in situations where you can fall back into use. Can you explain that, like, a little bit more? Like, well, if you you're out at a party and, you know, people are... Because there is, I know this is shocking to a lot of people, but there are people who can recreationally use drugs yeah. and walk away from it. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. I really, really like it. Yeah. And will fall back into bad habits very quickly. And, you know, when people know you're an addict, they don't invite you to those parties. Yeah. And then it's not a problem. How about that? So That's when you hide these things... and like. Wow. And I can understand why people would hide them and be embarrassed of them, but w- one of the best things that I've come to conclusion and and developed through many years of therapy, speaking of which, I haven't been in like six months. I really need to go. Yeah. There's a pandemic on. Yeah. Uh, I don't give a fuck yeah. what people think of me. Good. I genuinely I'm don't. Glad to hear I would that. prefer that they like me, yeah. but if they don't... Me too. I don't care. I know. Well, I, I, you know, it's... And there are some people who really, really dislike me. And I hear about it all the time, which means they're constantly thinking about me. Yeah, but think about that. I I don't think about them at all. I know, like, that's what I'm saying. Unless they're literally brought up to me, I am not thinking about them. But I've been learning today that, And I enjoy the shit out of that. A lot of times when people are like that, though, and they get so triggered by you, like, it's because, like, they have a shadow inside of themselves. Like, you're expressing something that they're repressing. So whatever you are able to say... I, this is my personal opinion, but whatever you're able to say is something that either they can't say or they wish they could say or like... They can. They choose not to. Right. For whatever and so reason. so then you become like, well, he... Like, I don't know. It's just a strange thing. I can definitely be the, the crux of other people's issues with my lack of fear. Yeah. I, I Listen, we have that in common because I'm on this show talking about a whole bunch of shit. And, uh, yeah. Like, anybody could listen to this. I have, I have like, yeah. I have nothing to hide. Yeah. And that's, like, I, think that's a, I think that's powerful because you're right. Then nobody can ever hold that against you. And, like, you know where you're at and other people know where you're at. And that does make it a lot easier. And I've, I've done shitty things. I've done shitty things in podcasts before. Yeah. And, you know publicly and then you know walk up to people like a man and apologize to them face to face and then they accept your apology and then they literally go out into the world and try and do everything to make your life miserable yeah like those people are are weak that is sad and they live in fear I know. And, like, trying to make my life miserable is very difficult because I really don't care. I know. Like, people are like, how can you not care? I'm like, it's the same way that when you ask a guy what he's thinking about and he says nothing, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) It's so true. And it's just something the other person can't, (laughs) girls can't understand that we are completely capable of thinking nothing. nothing. That must be nice. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful right up until some girl that you're sleeping with ruins it by asking you what you're thinking and getting mad when you say nothing. And then you're not sleeping with her for a week. Uh, then you're thinking about something. <laughs> then you're thinking about how you're not you're sleeping You're thinking about with her. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but that is true. And, um, wow, you just, like, dropped a lot of wisdom. I'm kind of just trying to, like, catch up with you there because that was a, a good one. I, um... Fuck. What were we just talking about? <laughs> we were talking about not caring what people think 
Oh, I do. I did want to, you know what I wanted to say? There was a time when I was younger and very immature, you know, like before I was diagnosed and when I was first diagnosed, that I very much cared about what people thought. And it was a big part of the problem. Yeah. Getting rid of that fear and, and I mean, not caring what people think. I mean, yeah, that is an accurate description, but I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I, I don't, I know who I am. I know I'm not perfect can always be better some things about me are good but that's my problem and if other people dislike me for who I am that's their problem yeah I love that so much I have I have I have no concern yeah of, you know people that like me that's great there's not a whole lot of them but <laughs> well I wanted to talk about like the addict part and being like open with that because you know there are so many people who are struggling 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 and like so many different drugs but heroin huge Heroin is bad. Um, heroin is the worst thing in the world. It, and, but, 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 but I think most drugs should be legal. Like yeah. dr- drugs that people would say, how dare you say that? Like cocaine should be legal. Yeah. Like this is America. If you want to kill yourself, well, you see where feel they come free. from. I mean, it's so but, terrible. Oh, the way cocaine's they made to, out like... of fucking garbage. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's made it. It's, it's because it's co- illegal. The coca and leaves the are broken down with gasoline. The, yeah. the, the legality of it makes it way worse right. than it makes things better. Right. And, you know, people don't like to hear that. But, I know. but however, heroin in outside of like end stage cancer and car accidents and heart attacks nobody should be taking opiates they should be because you cannot i've met people who can who can take and walk away from any drug alcohol you can't you cannot do that with heroin it owns you it owns you you are no longer Mm -hmm. in control of your own life and that's heroin and getting more heroin are your full-time 24 hour a day occupation and it makes me sad because i feel like people and you stop getting high after after a while it's just maintenance it's just feeling okay well it's just so you don't get sick and have it with yeah that amazing feeling that's only the first couple times. Yeah. After that, you're just doing it so you're not vomiting on your feet. Um, I feel like what bothers me is that people tend to... Um, also, I never shot heroin. I was a snorter. I don't do needles. Um, it bothers me that... FYI. Like... Mostly pills. Very rarely did I do straight up heroin. Only in desperate situations. People tend to um, think that like people who are addicts are bad people. You can be addiction a good is most person. definitely a mental illness. And it's, but you can be a good person and and try to be doing the best in your life and have an addiction and it's unfortunate and it's like going to yes, ruin I mean, your life that's, that's, but that's like a... it's just sad that like some people like are really trying the best that they can and still trying to be a good person and blah 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 and that's all they become is their addiction. Well, there there's no there's no nuance in our society. There's there's this side or that side. There's yeah. the, you know, and and People who are drug addicts... I mean, there are some people who are drug addicts who are terrible fucking people. Oh, well, yeah. But most of them are not. I know. Most of them are Some are of them mental. become terrible people because they're trying well, to do I what mean, they need you, to do. you will to do... Whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do yeah. to, to do it. Yeah. Like, and, and I've, I've never... I've, I've been very lucky that I've never had to do any horrible things to do it. But I've seen people... And, you know, a lot of people that I know are dead. Yeah. Dead young. Yeah. Like, I was hanging out with people, you know, 
10 years my junior when this was going on and, and a good chunk of them are, are dead before they were 30. It's so sad. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a good, Yeah. that's the only thing I think should legitimately be illegal. What do you think is the solution? Do you see one? <sighs> well, that's, that's a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, a solution to the, the stigma, to, no, the, the drug o- problem, the, the, the opioid, opioid problem. Boy, yeah. I mean, it's so complicated. I've read books. I get I mean, it, but I mean, the, the, the main cause of the, of the opioid problem is, is big pharmacies and, and, and doctors who are, who are making literally, it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as there there is greed and money involved, like I don't, it's like you know, everybody talks about like how wonderful our our senator Bob Casey is. Bob Casey takes ridiculous amounts of money from big pharma in order to keep, I mean, specifically opioids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in business. Mm-hmm. That's their number. I mean, it's the most addictive substance in the world. It's their number one seller. Yeah. And, you know, and when, when it becomes too expensive to maintain a pill habit, people start buying heroin on the street and it's laced with fentanyl and then you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not a good scene. I mean, it's, it's fentanyl is synthetic heroin that's ridiculously powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's so, I, I've never never knowingly had it. I can't say I've never, never had it. And then even, you know, Suboxone, which is the, the medicine for heroin withdrawal is also addicting. Yeah. It's not much better. I mean, it's just a thing that that keeps you from getting sick. I don't know what, what the hell Suboxone's made out of. I should probably look into that. Never done it. What would you do now? Like if you had the urge to use again. I don't know because I don't have that urge. That's good. Um, I'm glad you don't. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> I, don't I would want do. You to I would like that. to say I wouldn't do it, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I don't associate with those people. Yeah. I mean, you will see me in a bar standing next to somebody that you think, oh, he was really good friends with them. They're not talking. Uh, that, that was a person I used to do drugs with. I got you. I just don't, you I just don't to, put right? myself in the, yeah. You know, and unfortunately, you know, along with the people who, who uh, you know, tragically passed away, there are also a lot of other people who are, who are clean now, yeah. which is great, and I hope they stay that way. Yeah. But me, I don't, even when I go out, I don't go out with people. I go to bars where I know people I know will be. And then at any time, I have no responsibility to anybody else, I can be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I I I I I will make plans with people, yeah. but I'll never go any anywhere with the exception of somebody I would be dating. I would never go anywhere with people where I was either dependent on them to to get somewhere, or they were dependent on me. I I'm, see. I'm always completely in control of of coming and going. I find that I need that too. Like, I don't, I find I'm more comfortable with that. Like, I. That and I was sense. that way all, all my life, too, which yeah. is strange. Yeah. I never, I never liked being, uh, needing to, to get help in my social life, not help, like, I never liked people being dependent on me or me being dependent on them. I was always, you know, 
And I love doing shit alone. Like, and I like it too. People who tell me they don't like going to concerts or movies alone. I know. I'm like, why not? Those are the best things to go to you alone. You don't have I'm not any there to talk to you. I am there to watch a movie exactly. or listen to a band. Yeah. In between bands, I don't want to talk to my friends. I know. I want to talk to the girls that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have absolutely no need for them. Yeah. yeah. We can go to the bog. Yeah. We can go to Backyard Ale House. We can have beers and talk about the stupid things we've done. Yeah. But right now I'm experiencing new life. Yeah. And I and you're bothering me. <laughs> I feel I would you. Though. Much rather go to a concert and especially the movies. Like I oh, know. Man, me when people too, talk to movies. me during movies, I just want to fucking murder them. I know. And then that you brings miss something. that brings up the negative bipolar real fast. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. Um, I think that when I finally realized I could go to the movies by myself and pick out the movie and didn't have to worry about the person not liking it or wanting to see something I, I, else. I I'm never like, go to okay. the movies with people. I know. Never. I really like to do that alone. The only person I went to the movies with was my dad. Yeah. And, and you know, so now that's not an option. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just I'm just solo at the movies all yeah. the time. Yeah. Which is great because yeah. I really am not there to talk to people. I know. I Especially, know. like, I'm a huge nerd. Yeah. And it's like nerd culture renaissance in the time we live in right now yeah it so there's is. a lot of movies i want to see do you see feel that like are, some of these movies are lazy a lot of them are terrible yeah um for the most part the marvel movies are great there's yeah. been a few clunkers um the the christopher nolan batman movies were excellent although the the, the christopher nolan batman movies were excellent although the last one had some serious serious flaws but those flaws were because the main villain actor died so they had to re- they had <laughs> yeah. to replace him with a whole another like they had to create a whole new background for a whole new character because that character in the third batman movie that was supposed to be Heath Ledger oh, as really? the Joker. so uh, I, did, I don't to, know if i knew that yeah so. i mean it makes sense i did know that the third movie was. i mean like- you see how discombobulated it is yeah, I know. the other, the other two know. movies are like they one were really long good movie. and then and they're like one like very serialized yeah. like one movie into the next and then the third movie is like Watch okay me. stop start yeah. here's all this new mythos yeah that we're going to shove down your throat in like the first 40 minutes of the movie and then you're going to be so confused for the rest of it I mean, Anne Hathaway is a great distraction. I'll pretty much watch anything when she's wearing super tight leather. <laughs> I forgot she was in it, actually. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I forgot the other people that were in it. <laughs> so my final question for you, and then if you have another question you could ask, but um, what, like, what keeps you hanging on like, in these times, like the times that are really, really dark for you? Either you're, like, you're struggling with addiction or the bipolar is not where you want it to be. Like, what keeps you here on Earth? Are you asking me what prevents me from killing myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, just a little break to say that re-listening to this and hearing myself ask Jason that question and him just being like, are you really asking me that? Is probably the most cringeworthy thing in the entire world. Um, however, I've known Jason for a while. I feel like Jason has said a lot of things to me and asked me a lot of questions. And I'm just going to say, yeah, I think we all need to be talking about this because, well, look around. People aren't really making it always. Uh, So 
if somebody needs to ask the hard questions, I guess it ought to be me. And I appreciate Jason for going there with me. So, okay, back to the show. I don't. I mean, I don't are, even. Are, I don't want to say killing yourself. It could be no, anything because not everyone's suicidal. No, not everyone's suicidal. But like going comatose. Yeah, and like anything. Like yeah, like it doesn't not, have to be suicide. Not, like, but like eating a whole bunch of acid and pushing my bipolar right. into the next step, which yes. is schizophrenia. Which exactly. I have. There's got to be a limit somewhere I have, that I have, like. I have relatives who have taken that trip and they're not back. Oh, which is, I've I've always been terrified of of psychedelic drugs. I've I know, but well, they them. can trigger something. Well, I mean, when you're mentally ill, you should yeah. not be doing. And once again, I'm not saying everybody shouldn't do them. I'm also not encouraging people to do them. It's America. Make your own decisions. We're <laughs> we're a free country, except for your. I I think it's except for scarier. the fact that you're all wage slaves, it, I mean, but a very few amount of us. Who's the guy from free. the Beach Boys? Like he went uh, crazy, and then well, he so was I, he was I, mentally ill. Right. Well, I know I shouldn't and, say and crazy. He, That's such a terrible word for me to be using. But. Well, I mean. And Pink an Floyd, Sid, whatever his oh, name Sid Barrett, was. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, uh, like psychedelic drugs did push right. their mental illness. Well, They're mild mental poor illnesses. Poor Sid Barrett. They were like leasing well, his. They were leasing leasing his coffee though with like psychedelics because they wanted him to have his mind be that way when he wasn't even had control over it. So feel like those stories might be hyperbolized somewhat. Same, I mean uh, I'm not saying they're untrue I'm just saying they're no I agree and I also feel I also feel like he was definitely pushing his own limits oh he so, wasn't like he wasn't an angel yeah no, or a, well, boy, God, no. a boy scout well none of them are but but yeah so but either way no creative person is we all have our demons or else we wouldn't make art I know it's so true but it's it is scary it is. like I do I do think psychedelics can be dangerous to some people because I, I have a lot of people who want to talk about it on the podcast not that I, I'm against talking about it it's just i don't like that want to push it not push it but i just feel like right now there's like people think it's like the dream drug like they're like oh people help. talking like, about microdosing and how it will help your mental illness yeah and yeah, i'm like I in certain circumstances I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put a whole lot of of merit into that and that's a lot different that's than just like, people who really like psychedelic drugs right and then try, there's a trying lot trying to make them seem like they're they're medicine but then you get a teenager drugs. that reads that on the internet though and then they take a bunch of acid and now their brain's messed well, up well that's why i keep saying <laughs> don't be like jay well i'm just glad that Live you your say own that life. though because so many people don't many of the things i did were super <laughs> stupid and a lot of days i wake up thinking I can't believe I'm not dead. So, so what keeps you here? So what, not even here or whatever, off the uh, drugs. Like I like, that. I, I like life. I like, if you're dead, you can't get that manic high. And, and I don't know if I stated this, but the manic high is amazing. Yeah. I mean, and even if you're annoying the shit out of people with it, you don't care. I Because you just feel that good. I can get manic. I... All of a sudden, the room will be empty. Yeah. Well, you talk. Like, I will talk and talk. Oh, yeah. I talk. Absolutely. And, like, I'm like, I can't but, I mean, stop. But, I mean, I, I often have uh, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Like, you know, all, almost on every other day. Yeah. But they're not serious. They're, 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 they're fantasy. Thoughts. They're daydreams. Yeah. But, like, I, I like life. I like... There's a whole lot of things I haven't done yet. Yeah. And as long as I stay true to who I am and, you know, try and make the best life choices and go out with my camera and my dog and enjoy things, life is great. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and, and I also, like, 
the same way I don't fear what people think about me. I don't fear new experience. I crave, I crave it. I want to see like, you're aware of Bill Burr. Yeah. The comedian. Yeah. 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 Well, he's talking about like people getting pizza in towns that they're not from and saying how it's garbage. And he's like, well, you're in Albuquerque. Maybe have fucking tacos and not expect (laughs) everything to be like it is at home because then why the fuck are you traveling in the first place? Yeah. I love that. You don't get pizza in Albuquerque. Yeah. You get tacos. Yeah. Like don't, don't take your, your little bubble, your comfort zone with you. Go out open and then get new. mad at the area because they get, don't. Oh, fucking... <laughs> yeah. San Francisco sucks because I live in Kansas and everything's flat. <laughs> I it's know. A giant hill. Yeah. Like, well, then why? Then stay I in know. your flat place and realize that you're not a person that craves yeah. new things. Definitely. Definitely. Go to the beach with your meathead friends and. <laughs> Get spread sunburns COVID. and spread COVID. And, <laughs> See, you know. now you're... People are going to listen to this and be like, Monica never jokes like this. Like, I, <laughs> I've been a good influence on you. I've loosened you up. You should go out tonight, make inappropriate jokes, and get laid. Oh, yeah, no. That's I what you should absolutely I don't think do that's tonight. To listen, boys, she's on the prowl. Oh, jeez, Louise. Um, do you, you won't have be hearing anything... this this day, so you've missed out. Do you have anything you want to ask me or say or add or anything? <sighs> What keeps you going on? That was a super personal question, and I want to yeah. hear your answer. Um, yeah, I think that I, I just have this idea that, like, after everything I've been through, like, if, if suicide was the way to go, like, it just seems like a little bit, like, you went through all of that just to commit suicide anyway. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, my, my best friend committed suicide 15 years and ago. I don't and that's not to say that suicide not, is like that I, I, yeah well it's it's because it, it comes over you and and that sounds like really cliche like I'm in a good mood right now so I can easily it say can happen, that it can happen to anybody it can they're, and they're I right, do agree with that I mean that's another can thing can I tell you like one of my like biggest things on suicide though that really helps me that people are like not I don't usually go here with people because people don't necessarily understand but uh Judas from the Bible he committed suicide? Yes. And I didn't know that until just They don't talk about that. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about it. They just kind of, he just kind of goes away. Yeah, right. And I was always wondering, because I kept like, I'm like been reading the Bible. Um, and so I was always like, what himself. happened? What happened to him? And he does, he hangs himself. And so I started doing a bunch of research into Judas because I just was like, so how did So have you read about how there? he was the first vampire and shit? Okay, I haven't. Well, oh, I know that, that his gospel is going to tell me some stuff that's interesting. Oh, you want to read something interesting? Yeah. I mean, I've read that. Yeah. And it's wacky. If you can find... Well, it's easy to find. It's on the internet. Read Jesus' gospel. Okay. And I how can. it completely destroys the whole notion of, of an organized church. Oh, well, that Which was... is... Jesus is... is the the gospel of Jesus yeah. is considered heresy and banned from the Bible because it pretty much said the gist of it is I am I am the earth and the trees I am the sea I am the rocks I am everywhere around you wherever you are you are in my house yeah which that one statement kind of yeah, kills the whole notion of you needing a priest to forgive your sins 
when you can go yeah, straight to the man himself yeah, to exactly, forgive your sins. Exactly. Well, so I mean, I went perverts in, that want to hear your dirty laundry is what those are. Well, I went into this whole long thing too about like, did Judas do what he needed to do, and did Jesus know? That's another and thing. Like, if Jesus is the Son of God, yeah. Even if he was a man at the time, he picked Judas to do that. Thank you. It was all Judas's decision. Thank you. And Judas killed himself in the three days that Jesus was dead. So Jesus wasn't there to absolve him of his sin. Oh, I never thought of that one. Jesus wasn't... Jesus, in, in one way of looking at it, Jesus gave Judas the hardest job of all. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and then wasn't and he had there to for him when his, he needed him the most. Well, see, I think that he well, he sacrificed his ego, Judas did, for all of eternity. And now everyone, even now, you say you Judas to anyone, they are, hate if, him. If you are a true Christian, um, you couldn't have the redemption of Jesus Christ... If Judas did Thank you. And so then, so and then Judas... If, if Jesus was the son of God, he knew damn well who Judas was and why he picked him. And maybe he picked him because Judas had the most heart. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> Thomas you. denied him. Yes. You know, like yes. the, the, the other disciples were running for their lives yeah. after Jesus died. Yeah. Judas knew he was done. Judas, I think, did what he had to do, and then the rest of the world made him feel wrong. And then and the he, whole thirty pieces of silver. Yeah. That's not in Jesus's Bible. Um. Also, it's not even that much it, money, so I don't think he was doing it for the money. Anyway. I don't know how much thirty pieces of silver. It wasn't was a lot. Worth in, Jeru- in Jerusalem, it two thousand years ago, I have no idea. But I, but I will say that this makes me not want to commit suicide because I look at what Judas did. I think he did it. He knew he had to do it. We're almost done. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, I know. No, I, just, I know. I just don't want him to get away from um, me and terrorize. That. He would only want to play, but, you know, he's scary looking. So I don't want him to go over and scare the shit out of that poor lady. But I don't want to. I don't. I, I think it made me accept that there are going to be things in the world that I don't like. Because I think when I get suicidal, it's because I've done something that I find to be shameful. Or, like, people are reacting to me and I can't handle it. So I like to look at Judas and be like, he did that and he committed suicide. But... He what he knew he had to do that, and it was just the reaction of the people happen. after, and like the overwhelming whatever, and Jesus not being there, and like all this stuff that led to that. Um, and so, a lot of times, I try to accept the fact that, like, I don't know, like that he did what he had to do, and like it didn't turn out well for him. And he wasn't we happy all about have it. to do stuff like that. He clearly wasn't happy about it. Yeah, because he went and killed himself. I know, and exactly. You don't kill yourself. <laughs> If you're like, if you're if you're okay with with your uh, actions and, yeah. and place in the world, exactly, it's not yeah. it's not a, a a valid response. Yeah. So I've him learning about him and that story has really like given me a whole new like resolution. But look I'm, into the whole like he was the first vampire theory. Okay. It's, well, <laughs> it's, it's hysterical. It's it's like one of the greatest conspiracy. There's got to be a good YouTube video on uh, that. There's lots. There's yeah, lots there's of them. There's got to be a good one. By absolute lunatics, you will fucking love it. That's and funny. I say that in the most derogatory way possible. <laughs> fucking lunatics. Um, you see the irony? Um <laughs> Another thing, as we get into religion, another good reason I don't kill myself is I'm an atheist. You're an atheist? So, yeah, that's a good... Although, 
the concept of oblivion is appealing to me. Yeah. I'm not quite ready yet. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, well, how could you stop existing? What is it? What is it like after you die? I'm like, it's exactly like it was before you were born. No, you no, didn't you don't exist. know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not even that you're not capable of knowing. It's yeah. oblivion. It's yeah. nothingness. Yeah. And they're like, what is it all black? No, there's no black. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. And and most people can't understand the concept of nothing. Yeah. Which is why religion exists to begin with. But that's a whole nother podcast. That is a whole podcast. I think we have opened enough cans of worms today. But We have. I'm excited to see how mad I've made people when they listen to this. But I'm really appreciative of your honesty and that you're willing to sit with me and discuss this stuff. Like, it's really, it's really nice because I, even if you do piss people off, there's going to be Yeah, but if I help one person, you will. it's worth all the people that I pissed off. You definitely will. And there's people that feel like you. There's people in the world that feel like they piss people off. And, like, it sucks. I'm all right. No, I'm... I mean, I don't, it's not an intent, but I I'm all right with the byproduct. I know. And if I piss them off and it makes them think, yeah, then I'm happy about it. I mean, it. that's me all the time with my friggin' like... If I, if I make somebody so mad that it makes them actually think about the things we're talking about, yeah. instead of just going with their preconceived notions... Yeah. Well, I knew Bingo. that I knew that you'd be outside the box, but I wanted that. So, <laughs> I was so I was good. driving up here thinking, oh my god, is she even prepared? No, but I want like I want that for, for the this? podcast, though. I want different voices. Like I don't want it to be the same cut and dry. Like I want people to say how they actually feel about things. So well, I appreciate that's, that. That's all you'll get from me. <laughs> that's good. Thank you so much. You're absolutely. And welcome. I will link all of your like social media and stuff. In absolutely. The bio. Sorry, mom. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. This week's episode with Jason, where we speak about all kinds of things like Judas and opioids and what it's like to be addicted and Batman and uh, meanwhile, some some uh, off-color jokes that are sprinkled in there, I guess you would say. But... Thank you, Jason. I don't think that, um, I don't think anybody could take your perspective of the world. I think that's something that's very unique to you, and it's not a bad thing. It's actually a really cool thing, and I was really grateful to be able to speak with you and, you know, be honest in a way that isn't always easy to be with everybody, so... Thank you for that. Um, for everybody listening, I actually have no suggestions for you. I think we opened enough cans of worms that you can just take it and run with it in any direction that you would like to. Um, that's all I have this week for the show. Um, if you're interested in being on the show, always feel free to reach out. You can find me on social media, Instagram. My handle is how we get by underscore, or you can send me an email at howwegetby.podcast at gmail.com. Um, also, if you're interested in donating to the show, that helps me keep things running, um, provides me with equipment that allows me to edit these episodes a little bit more easy. Um, so that's always something I'm welcoming, but for me, the single best thing you can do for the show is just to share it either by social media or sharing with a friend or word of mouth. Um, 
you never know who needs to hear the story. And maybe every episode might not relate to you, but there's somebody out there, I'm sure, that can relate to at least some part of it. So I definitely rely on that, and I appreciate that very much. Um, the music that you hear at the beginning and every at the beginning and end of every episode is by Joe Burke. You can find his music on all streaming platforms. Um, if you're local to the Scranton area, you can go buy uh, his vinyl at a local record store. I have it. I highly recommend it. Um, other than that, I hope that you have a wonderful week. <laughs>